everybody, and welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast powered by Goodwill. I'm Cliff Hickman. We're into the playoffs, and it's week two of the playoffs. Not many teams left, but we had a couple of really big games tonight. And we're going to start things off with perhaps the biggest. Maslin prevails over Whitehall Yearling, 35-17. to Right now, we're going to bring in Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent to talk about that one. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Doing fine, Cliff. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. It's always exciting when you get to this point of the season. Uh, things definitely tighten up. How did things go for the Tigers tonight? You know, uh, I, I guess you, you call it a mixed bag. Obviously, uh, you know, in the in the playoffs, it's all about surviving and advancing and and they obviously uh, were able to do that. It wasn't the, the prettiest of of games. It sort of matched the weather uh, as they beat Whitehall Yearling. But you know, if there was a you know a negative for the Tigers is uh, they they lost quarterback Aiden Longwell to an injury uh, late in the first quarter. Um, not sure Nate Moore wasn't sure. Coach Nate Moore wasn't sure exactly the extent of the injury. In terms of what it's uh, what the long term prognosis is, but uh, it opened the door for Zach Catrone, the sophomore backup quarterback, to come in and and Zach actually played pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, threw three touchdown passes uh, to two to Trey Morgan, one to uh, Jaden Ballard, the uh, one to Jaden actually uh, broke a seven seven deadlock and and helped Maslin kind of. Uh, he did a good job of steadying the ship, I guess, for, for lack of a better term, uh, for the Tigers. How did he look out there? Obviously a very tough situation to step into. Also only a sophomore, as you mentioned. Uh, I thought he looked, you know, as you could tell early on, there was some jitters for him. But uh, I really thought uh, as the game progressed, you saw the uh, the pocket awareness and just kind of the command of of the offense, uh, you know, elevate. And, uh, you know, he, there was a bad snap uh, the second play of the uh, the third quarter that kind of sailed over his head, and and Dwight Hall picked it up and returned it for a, a touchdown. And the two point conversion after that tied the game at seventeen. But you know, after that, you know, I thought he really. He really had good composure. Didn't let that, you know, that mistake, uh, you know, again, not fully on him. It was a bad snap, but but didn't let that rattle him, and and uh, and did a good job through through some uh, nice balls, and and uh, you know, I think Maslin feels like if if they, you know, they do have to go with Zach next week against Wadsworth in the regional final that. That that he'll he'll be able to handle it, and he certainly showed himself uh, tonight uh, under fire uh, in in the regional semi. And you mentioned this game was tied at seventeen at one point. There, uh, how do you think Maslin responded? It looks like they had a, a big second half there to kind of pull away. Yeah, you know this team. One thing it's done all season is when it has sort of found it. There has been many times where it's really found itself in a dog fight late, but it seems like when it does, it 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 knows how to pull itself up and and uh, and not get too rattled. Um, 
you know, again, uh, you know, not the immediate possession after Whitehall tied the score, but the possession after that, uh, uh, you know, Catrone threw a, a nice ball to Ballard for, for a touchdown. You know, and then they sort of, uh, Dean Clark made a couple of really nice catches to prolong drives, both in the third and fourth quarters. And then, you know, they just sort of, you know, methodically put things away. I think I had them run the football 15 of the last 16 plays to, uh, to, to really put things away, uh, you know, and that really give, uh, Whitehall a chance to, uh, to, to make it interesting as, as the game uh, got into the latter stages of the fourth quarter. And we got to ask you, what happened in the final minute there? It looked like there was the possibility of some fireworks late before this one was over. Well, um, Nassau scored. They had a fourth down play from the Whitehall nine, and they scored on a touchdown pass to, to go up 35-17. On the subsequent PAT, it was a bad snap, and, and uh, uh, Alex Bauer uh, scrambled, fell on the ball, the Maslin kicker fell on the football, and uh, a couple of uh, Whitehall kids sort of, I guess, cleaned the pile, for lack of a better term, were kind of jumping on the things late. And, and from there, you know, flags started flying, and I think the emotions of the moment sort of caught up with, uh, with Whitehall, and their old team actually ran onto the field like, you know, they were going, you know, they were going to, you know, whatever, you know, they, they were going to do. But the officials sort of got every, got every cooler heads prevailed and the officials sort of said, we're, we're done here. It's 22 seconds left. There's nothing else that can be gained. It's an 18 point game. So the officials sent everybody to the, sent, uh, sent the teams off the field and, and, uh, called it a game. Always kind of a scary situation when you see a whole team on the field. Sounds like the officials there had uh, were able to regain control of that, thankfully, for everyone in attendance. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, it, uh, you know, they, they kind of got on the field and were, were jawing, but, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, credit to Maslin, actually, you know, their coaches got their kids over to the sideline and nothing, uh, Nothing escalated beyond just uh, a lot of uh, woofing, for lack of a better, I guess, lack of a better term. All right, and what are we looking forward to next week, Chris, for Maslin? Uh, 12-0 Maslin, best start they've had since 1982. Ties the best start for, for Maslin uh, in school history at 12-0, uh, and, and, and they'll play 12-0 Wadsworth in a regional final uh, I would guess a site like Green, maybe if they're if they're lucky, they can get InfoCision Stadium at Akron. But uh, it should be a, a a really good game because Wadsworth got a really physical defense and uh, kind of an offense similar to Maslin in that it loves to to run the football uh, out of the power run game uh, out of the spread. So uh, it should be a fun matchup. First time the, the, those two programs have ever played, and they're going to play for for a regional title. All right, and we'd like to thank Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent for joining us tonight, and we hope you have a great weekend there, Chris. Uh, you too, thanks. And we move from Maslin to our second game of the night. We had the McKinley Bulldogs in action. Menor prevailed in that game 36-6. to Right now we're going to bring in Joe Scalzo, who was at the game tonight, to talk about that. How are you doing tonight, Joe? 
doing great, Cliff. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing superb. It's been an interesting night, and you started things off there with a 6-3 to McKinley lead, and then things kind of fell apart for the Bulldogs. What happened? Yeah, I mean, part of it is I think they just – this wasn't a very good matchup for McKinley. Um, McKinley's strength is probably at the, the skill positions and – and you know, linebackers and their defensive backs, and, and Menner was really strong on the you know, offensive and defensive line. They got three Big Ten recruits, and uh, it just kind of McKinley couldn't really run the ball real well, and, and then uh, they lost their two top receivers in injury, and it just kind of uh, kind of slowly got away from them. And, and I just think the bottom line is they lost to a team that was a little bit better tonight. It looked like there was a big swing there at the start of the second half. Can you go into a little bit of what happened? Yeah, well, you know, Matter was up 17-6 at halftime. They kind of felt like they had to control the game, but, uh, you know, McKinley was going to receive the second half kickoff and hopefully get back in the game. And uh, the running back, Lamir Garrett, just kind of bobbled away a kind of a high kick um, in the middle of the field and the men recovered and, you know, four plays later they scored a touchdown. And then, uh, you know, ensuing kickoff, you know, men are kind of noticed that, that McKinley wasn't lined up um, real well to the right side of the field and, and just kicked it over there, like, kind of, you know, 15 yards and, and uh, you know, popped into no man's land and they jumped with the ball and then you know, that led to another touchdown and, and at that point, it's 30-6, to six and, and uh, you know, McKinley just, there was no way they were going to get back in the game at that point. And uh, you kind of wonder, hey, you know, if they, if they, you know, handle things on the kickoff, um, you know, maybe get a score there and make it, you know, 17-13 to 13 or 14 or something like that, then it could have been a different game for a little bit. But uh, you know, once they got down 30-6, to six, it just kind of felt like um, everybody knew what was going to happen, and it was snowing pretty bad by midpoint this third quarter so uh that kind of was the turning point of the game i was gonna say the elements definitely seemed to, to favor menner with all that snow they had 288 yards rushing as a team and like you mentioned the bulldogs kind of struggled to get things going on the ground yeah and i felt like the difference was uh um menner's quarterback ian kip you know he can really throw it but uh He's very elusive, and he broke out some really big runs, and, and a couple of them came on fourth down, where either he scored or you know led to a big score, and you know he finished with uh, I think 113 yards rushing and a touchdown, and uh, so the you know they, they they did a decent job bottling up some elements of the run game, especially early on. But um, you know when you got a quarterback that can run it as well as he can, and then you got weapons everywhere, and it's such a dominant offensive line, it just it kind of proved a little bit too much. For uh, McKinley, and, and, and you look at their three losses this year. You know, Metter's a run-first team, um, which is a little bit unusual for them. But you know, they got a really strong run game, and then you know, obviously Maslin and Perry run-first teams, and uh, they, you know, that's that's kind of what uh, what it took to beat McKinley this year. And um, but you know, the, the sense at the end of the game was just that this team kind of got um, you know a lot out of what they you know started with, and kind of maxed out their talent. And uh, there wasn't a lot of disappointment at the end of the game. You mentioned that in your story. You could tell a lot of you, – you mentioned a lot about Elijah Curtis and kind of the class he displayed after the loss. Uh, can you kind of describe that scene after the game here? Yeah, you know, he kind of just uh, – he comes out of the, the handshake line and was kind of trotting over to his team and saw his teammate Jalen Ross and on crunches and – 
you know, just kind of went out and encouraged them and made sure he got over okay. And just, you know, took a moment with a lot of his teammates to just say, like, you know, something good or, you know, kind of tap him on the helmet or, you know, give him a hug. And, you know, obviously he's been the, the key guy for them all year. And, and uh, you know, at the, at the end of the game, they just lined up all the underclassmen and all the seniors went through the line and, and kind of had a moment. And, and uh, it just kind of felt like, um, you know, as disappointed as they were in the loss, you know, everybody felt like, hey, you know what, this team accomplished a lot more than, than anyone would have thought. And, and, and they, they, you know, they weren't a very good team back in July or August, but ended up being, you know, the best team in the Federal League. And, and uh, you know, the first, I think it was the first Division One football team in Stark County to win a, a playoff game in 2014. And the first McKinley team to, to win a playoff game since 2012. So, you know, a lot to be proud of. And I, 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 you know, I get the sense that they, they just, they like being around each other. The coaches like coaching them, and and uh, you know they just lost to a better team, and they can live with that. All right, we'd like to thank Joe Scalzo for joining us tonight. We hope you have a great weekend, there, Joe. Hey, thanks, Cliff. You too. We're going to move on now to the FridayNightOhio.com scoreboard. We had some out-of-area games we kept track of tonight. St. Edward defeated Euclid 56-35. Mogador defeated McDonald 28-7. And as we mentioned earlier, Wadsworth defeated Tri-Valley 13-3. Wadsworth will play Maslin next week. I'd also like to mention we do have some games in the area tomorrow night starting at 7 p.m. We have Levittsburg Lebray versus Manchester, Licking Valley versus Indian Valley, and East Canton versus Cuyahoga Heights. Now you can find updates on those on FridayNightOhio.com. And, of course, we'll have more podcasts coming up next week here on Omni FM, so stay tuned for that. This has been the FridayNightOhio.com podcast powered by Goodwill. We are on the Goodwill drive to victory here at the repository. I'd like to thank Chris Easterling and Joe Scalzo for joining us tonight. And this has been Cliff Hickman for FridayNightOhio.com. We'll see you next time.